G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Vision Christian Radio is all about connecting faith to life. From inspiring stories about the struggles we all face, to helping you understand the issues going on in the world, to clear and understandable Bible teaching, all peppered with great Christian music, the latest news, and even a few laughs along the way. You're about to experience just a small part of what we do. For the full experience, tune into a Vision Christian Radio FM or AM station near you. Listen online at visionradio.org.au or download our free app. You're on Vision. It's Neil with you. It is our Wednesday edition 2020 and another controversial topic to be talking about today. One you can get your teeth into and you might like to let your imagination run wild today because you might be contemplating good or evil when it comes to the way that Christian missions have extended around the globe. Because if we focused on the evil side of things, you might uh, be led to a conclusion that somehow or other, when Christian missions arrive in a new land, that what they're bringing with them from another culture tramples over the culture that was already there. Have you ever heard that criticism? Well, you might like to contribute to our conversation today if there's a concern that you might have heard about that. You might also like to contribute on the other side of the equation, When Christians arrive in a nation, and we can talk history, we can talk about what's happening in missions around the world today, but when Christians arrive in a nation, many of the things that are customary law or those things that have been part of a culture actually bringing oppression to the people where people are set free from those things uh, according to our understanding of what it is to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Uh, Does the truth truly set people free? Well, you might like to contribute on a number of different levels today and happy to hear from you. And perhaps there are no right and wrong answers on a lot of the sorts of things we'll talk about, but you might like to be able to offer your own expression as to what you think about whether Christians trample over culture when they do, in fact, do missionary activity. 1-800-316-316 and our talkback line is open. Wonderful to be able to welcome our very own Phil Dunk, who is chairman of the United Christian Broadcasters Board for the South Pacific Nations. Hello, Phil Dunk. Welcome along to 2020. Nice to be back in the country. (laughs) (laughs) Phil, uh, we're good friends. Uh, We've travelled together in a mission context uh, to Papua New Guinea, and so I've seen you in action. So it's it's from that point of view that I honour you because uh, you're just a fabulous Uh, leader when it comes to some missionary activity and particularly with our work in Papua New Guinea. You're also in charge of the expansion that's happening with this overflow of mission activity that perhaps no one really thought about when Vision first got underway, when we were looking at getting Christian media for every Australian, that somehow or other it would overflow our shores and there would be mission activity as well. But now we're into all sorts of South Pacific nations and as, and I'll let you explain, but doors have been opening left, right and centre. Yeah, um, I've just got back from Western Samoa and I won't labour the uh, with a full report, but we've just uh, resurrected a radio station, Christian radio station that was there lying idle for about five years. And one of the 
requests that came to us came through Youth for Christ, who were a very active youth organization on the ground, uh, witnessing and discipling. And they came to us and said, look, we have a radio station. We could use some help to put it back together. And we believe that in the airwaves and on the ground, we have a powerful force to offer. So that's very much where we're going. So we said, yes, we'd love to do that. And Youth for Christ have plans to move right across the Pacific as we had begun to look at the horizon and say, where else could we go? So we have been drawn in with them into an affiliation and we're looking at being the Air Force to their ground forces. <laughs> and exciting because you can look at these. If you sort of take yourself out of the hard work for a moment, you can see where the hand of God is at work uh, with the relationships between various organizations. You mentioned Youth for Christ, but various organizations that make a wonderful partnership uh, for the expertise that we're able to bring uh, and to the expertise that they have on the ground, the opportunities that are there, uh, you can see the hand of God at work. I oh, certainly can. And uh, one of the big problems of the Pacific, and it's reflected to each island group that we speak, is that the youth are becoming detached from the church because the church have tended to stay on the old path where the missions were before and uh, not offering anything in the way of um, start with music, but activity even, even the motivation to become an evangelist is not there these days. And so they're turning away. And with the influx of uh, uh, the television and uh, the MTV generation, young people are beginning to tune their affections to other areas. And the elders and the people who really are actively concerned for the, the spiritual future of their nation and their leadership are expressing the fact that they are looking for a way to draw youth back into the circle. And these days, what they do is they listen. And so we have been working very much on a youth-focused Christian radio that's bringing in some of the contemporary artists who have more, if you like, the MTV sound about them, but the message is clear, the words are clear, and it's a way of attracting them back to focusing on what Christianity is doing. There's a number of dimensions here uh, for our conversation today and uh, great to be able to be part of missionary activity that's actually going to be targeting young people uh, because the elders in those communities are concerned about where young people are going. If we went back historically, though, to when missionaries first arrived on the shores of uh, some of these South Pacific Islands, and I, I hear this sort of thing reflected uh, from time to time, you know, where these days we welcome you with a handshake, but uh, in earlier times we might have eaten you. Uh, the idea of cannibalism at work in, uh, in, in some of those cultures uh, as they were historically, and I'm not reflecting on anyone in particular, but, but the idea that Christian missions, when they arrived in those new nations, they brought with them a Western culture, but perhaps when we say Western culture, one that was seasoned by and shaped by a biblical expression of Christianity because they were bringing a gospel message, the good news of the gospel. Uh, when people criticize mission activity and say it tramples over culture, perhaps they're reflecting on when the missionaries first arrived. I would think so, yes, although um, there are many things... Uh that even the national people at the time, the primitive peoples, recognized were difficult and they were struggling to overcome. And so when the 
not only the explorers arrived, but Christians followed in their wake or even came with them, as in many cases, like even the discovery of Australia and so on. There were a number of Christians already affiliated with those ships. They brought a certain balance to the needs of the people by saying, you have that as a particular fear, but we can offer you peace in that area. And so uh, they were they were working on the spiritual needs of the people. Unfortunately, many of them were so, uh, so overly uh, enthusiastic that they insisted the people suddenly start wearing westernized clothes, and they insisted the people started using westernized uh, health and hygiene. These, these things had to grow in many areas where it was done systematically. It was successful where it was just um, aggressive on the basis of we're just looking for converts. Then, of course, it was a different thing. Interesting to draw a distinction between colonization and missionary endeavor, because when we think of our own experience here in Australia, our own context, uh, it was mission that came to Australia in the context of co- uh, of the colonial uh, the English arriving on our shores and looking for somewhere to uh, to, to deal with convicts. Uh, so that was an, an interesting issue there. But along with that came the vision to bring the Christian gospel to Australia. And so we had a chaplain on the First Fleet, the Reverend Richard Johnson. Yeah, well, uncle uh, of yours. <laughs> <laughs> not related, unfortunately. <laughs> I wish I was related. Uh, I've checked that and I'm not. But, but when he arrived, he was third in charge on the First Fleet, so had the, this sort of officer-level status, uh, but was the one who was responsible to bring about you know, teaching on law and order. So there was a morality teaching in what he brought to Australia. Of course, uh, deeper than that was this passion that he had, which was influenced uh, by the uh, Great Awakening revivals that happened in England and in America uh, in those times in the 18th century, uh, where he was a passionate believer and uh, influenced by Wesley and was an evangelist, and I would argue, of the first rate who wanted to bring the gospel to the people. Now, it wasn't just the, the soldiers, it wasn't just the convicts, but it was also bringing the gospel to indigenous peoples here in Australia so that there might be some form of a stronghold established for the gospel in the Southern Hemisphere. So you have this colonization, mission activity, And when we talk about do we bring good, do we bring evil, there is a sense in which in Australia the good and the evil arrived perhaps at the same time. Uh, Yes, I would would think so, very much so. In fact, Neil, let me just make a little scenario here. Let's imagine that all the explorers who ever explored the world didn't travel like James Cook did with his his own uh, pastor on board and didn't, by the reflection of his own notes, have a trust in God. If those fellows just came merely for the the thrill of finding a new land, perhaps with a pirate's heart of wanting to uh, rape and pillage the land and get all the resources out of it and then leave with no productivity involved, what would the situation have been? Because I know that there were many explorers, and history reveals that, who were hard-hearted, actually cold-blooded killers and all they wanted was what they could pick up in different areas. They went for gold, they went for whatever treasures the the people had, for whatever suited them. And in many cases, they left a broken people and moved on. And it wasn't until later explorers came and found these people infested already with European diseases that had been brought in, people who were really in hopeless state. 
um, there's some cause to think that perhaps Easter Island may have had an experience similar to that, um, and that the whole of the, the population should have disappeared. Nobody's quite sure. There are all sorts of myths. But was that one such place that for whatever reason was pillaged and then left and the people just died off of their own causes? But the explorers that came and were accompanied by Christians had someone to come in and speak some sort of sense, sensitivity and sensibility to the explorers themselves. Also, they would have reasoned together, I'm sure, on their voyage as to what their purposes were. And we know that most of those explorers really had a heart for just wanting to know what else was out there and what could they do with what's out there and was it, was it useful for them to go. Interesting to draw the distinction and actually uh, overcome a little bit of that confusion because uh, when uh, colonisation happens, when you've got nations sending secular people and a part of that may be Christian uh, ministers, uh, that uh, that somehow or other you can't actually say it was it was the uh, the Christians who done all those things. Mm. You know, it's uh, you know sometimes I think Christians are getting the blame for some of those things because you know uh, rape and pillage and killing and all of those things that are done uh, in and some parts the black parts of our history uh, we can't blame those on the Christians. In fact, the Christians were the ones trying to bring some sense of law and order. Uh, some law under God and uh, this value of humanity, people who are made in the image and likeness of God, uh, bringing that level of uh, of input into uh, into their understanding of how things would develop when they bring the good news. We are taking calls, 1-800-316-316. You might like to contribute to our conversation today. Our special guest is our own Phil Dunk, who's chairman of United Christian Broadcasters for the South Pacific. Not only has he served in this capacity with United Christian Broadcasters, but also missionary work in Zimbabwe in Africa. So we'll lots to reflect on today. Uh, your calls, uh, though, uh, certainly welcome. one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. Let's take one from Robert in Queensland. Hello, Robert. Welcome along to 2020. Hello. Hi, Robert. What are your thoughts? Uh, my thoughts. Look, um, you there? Yeah. You might like to turn your radio down in the background. It sounds like it's confusing oh, you a little, Robert. We've gonna, got a delay he's on. Gonna, he's going to do that. Okay. Phil, I met a friend of mine called Phil's in Bina. He's, um, uh, what about that? It's turned down now, mate. All right. What are your thoughts on our discussion today? Well, I believe this. Um, I know a lot of good friends of mine are Aboriginal people my wife and I have been to South Australia, WA, all over Australia except Tasmania. And um, I've spoken to some of these people that, um, when they were young, uh, can you hear me? Yep, yep. When they were young, they had both female and male uh, pastors come to their missionaries. One was over the other side of Utla the other side of WA, near an Aboriginal service station. And there's one um, Aboriginal uh, tribe there that's never had the gospel preached to them ever because they won't go near white man because of what these missionaries done to their, their people be- generations before. 
So you're talking about what you're talking about, Robert, is is Christian missionaries who may yeah, be guilty right. of child abuse, uh, even that's in right. even in the mission that's context. Right. Okay, that's well, right. uh, get some thoughts from uh, from Phil Dunk because this is one of the big challenges, and things have changed by way of perception over. Uh, hundreds of years here in Australia, and uh, this must happen in so many other places around the world uh, where it is the missionaries who are guilty of some of these things. And I wouldn't like to say that that's tarring everyone with the same brush because it's perhaps only a small percentage, but there would be that perception, Phil Dunk, uh, that missionaries sometimes uh, abuse the privilege and the trust and the power that they hold over people. Very much so, Neil. When you read the history of the establishment of many of the missionary organisations, because the door was wide open, the organisation felt that they had to hasten people to get in to take on the role. And along with that, many of those who came were administrators. Many were not even trained in the ministry area, people who were just good church attenders who put their hands up to be part of it because they had other skills, and they became part of the missionary corps. Now, the real heart so often were with those who who saw the first vision, those who they knew of absolute certainty that God had called them. Many others came because it was a commercial opportunity within a Christian area. And uh, reading through, as I have, some of the uh, results of the establishment of mission. Many of those people who were involved in things that turned out to be nefarious were those who were of the, of the administrative or the drafted peoples who came, people who uh, just were looking at it from one reason or another or were sent, not even really wanting to be sent, and out of their frustration and out of their loneliness and in particular cases where you've got uh, church organisations who insist that uh, missionaries and the people they send remain unmarried, it causes all sorts of problems, especially in the secular, uh, in the sexual area. And because the sexual area is very much part of custom and culture in many of these uh, places, they were seen to be abusing those very things that these people were, uh, they kept as sacred. Well, one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. If you'd like to contribute to our conversation today, and we're talking about the good and the evil, and uh, perhaps we've been focusing lots on the evil to start with, and uh, we'll get onto the good. Uh, we are taking calls. Thank you so much to Robert from Queensland for your uh, input and an important point that you made there. And there are some things that are completely indefensible; uh, those things that have happened uh, that come to light. And uh, and I know that. Uh, even as Cardinal George Pell is giving evidence uh, in Rome right now about things that happened in the decades before uh, and those concerns about what has happened in the Catholic Church. And, of course, all churches are tarred with that same brush. Catholics might be going through the heat of what's happened in the Catholic Church, but people who are part of Protestant churches, and there are an awful lot of denominations, uh, but everyone seems to be tarred with the same brush because, if uh, well, if one Christian uh, set are doing it, uh, then it must be happening everywhere else. And I think those things, as we reflect on those that have happened over decades, uh, we hope and our prayer is that churches in all of the denominations that are functioning today have got systems in place that minimises the capacity for those uh, sexual abuse activities to continue. We are taking calls 1-800-316-316, the good and the evil on the mission field. Let's take a call from Sean in Melbourne. Hello, Sean. Welcome along to 2020. 
G'day, man. How are you doing? Very well, Sean. What are your thoughts on uh, on good and evil in missionaries? Well, I take the flip side, of course. I believe that uh, the mission is, well, it's the it's not just the call for certain individuals to go to other countries. The mission is outside our front door. And uh, the notion that, uh, well, naturally, when you go out and you spread the good news of the gospel uh, with people, you are spreading the culture of Christianity wherever you go. And, of course, we've got the backlash from people these days, moral relativists, who say that, well, all cultures are equal these days. And, of course... Uh, the Christian um, uh, the Christian message is no, they're not all equal. We have the truth, um, we have a better system, and uh, we want to introduce you to this. Mind you, I'm not advocating, uh, as you were discussing earlier, the uh, the idea that uh, everything about a culture that you're um, uh, bringing your message to is bad. It's just that some things could be done better. Sean, great points there. And uh, your thoughts, Phil Dunk? Well, I was reading uh, just the other day a little definition that says culture is like a warm blanket which of itself is neither good nor bad, but it's the insects, the germs, the bacteria and the diseases that can fester inside it that makes it harmful. And culture in itself is the identifying nature of the peoples wherever we are. Every group of people in every area have their own cultures, even from state to state. I mean, Queenslanders, being the best, uh, only support the Maroons. <laughs> but you see, it's a cultural thing. It becomes a cultural thing. But it's quite right. The culture is of itself, I believe, not the issue. It's the underlying factors. And from my eight years of experience in the Solomon Islands, dealing with people from uh, very strongly heathen areas... Uh, people who lived every day and dealt in magic, uh, the culture itself, their own culture, which is well-established and their form of um, uh, community interaction was guided by their culture. They had a very good sense of justice and uh, very other, uh, very many other commending factors. But it was the fear and the darkness of the culture of that area which drew the whole people down into living lives that were constantly dull, if you like. They didn't rejoice in the way that once they had been free of that darkness, they were able to rejoice and still do it within a cultural basis. Thank you so much to Sean from Melbourne for your input today on 2020. Our talkback line is open 1-800-316-316. If you'd like to join our conversation today, 1-800-316-316. Back with more in just a moment. Phil Dunk is our guest. Phil is the chairman of United Christian Broadcasters for the South Pacific. And as I've been saying, as we overflow the shores of Australia into those South Pacific islands, into nations like Papua New Guinea and uh, other nations like Timor-Leste and other nations around the world where United Christian Broadcasters are working, these sorts of questions occasionally come up. And so good to be able to talk about these in relation to the gospel going forward because the gospel is good news. Phil Dunk, I think we should take some more calls. I think we should. Let's hear from Ellie in Harvey Bay in Queensland. Hello, Ellie. Welcome along to 2020. Ellie, are you with us? I think we've lost Ellie. Thank you, Ellie. Uh, you can call us back, 1-800-316-316. Peter is in Port Hedland in WA. Hello, Peter. Welcome along to 2020. Peter, are you with us? Yeah. Peter, what are your thoughts? Um, 
I, I see the um, good side of it that the um, gospel came to Australia for our people because I'm an Aboriginal person. And mm-hmm. um, it, it was just the evil side of it when, when the missions came into came in to, to our people and the abuse that was there and our people were so frightened and scared of, of missionaries that, you know, they had to step back a bit. Yeah, so there is a, as you say, a good and a bad side, and uh, and so you're you're an indigenous man. You're there in uh, in Port Hedland in WA, and yep. uh, and there's a extensive indigenous community there in uh, around Port Hedland, and of course uh, right throughout the uh, northwest of WA. Uh, you're yep. saying the gospel has brought good things uh, to your culture. Do you feel sometimes, or do you hear that sort of criticism that somehow or other when the missionaries came, they were trampling over culture? Yeah, it was just, just some, um, church, church groups that, um, trampled over our people and they, they were so frightened to, um, to come to, to the white man. And I believe in the last day, what, what the Lord is doing, he, he wants to reach out to Aboriginal people with Aboriginal people without the, um, you know, non-Indigenous people going into the communities because they're so scared of what happened to our generation because I'm part of the stolen generation and I don't know my side of, the, of my dad's side, you know, but I know my mother's side and, and half is full and half is empty. But I believe what the Lord brought was a good thing for our people and to set this country free. And there's so much things that in the law that we practice and and we worship is not good because it's all... Some of it is demonic, but at the end of the day, the Lord come to set, a, set this country free through the spiritual side of it too, in the land. You're making such amazing points, Peter, and uh, particularly when you say it's indigenous people that need to take the gospel to other indigenous people. And uh, let me just get some thoughts here from Phil Dunk, because, Phil, this is the story of missions, isn't it, that, uh, that indigenous peoples have been raised up to carry on the work of bringing the gospel to their people. Very much so. We're going to the all to, into all the world to preach the gospel and make disciples. In 1982, I was involved at the time of the Commonwealth Games here with uh, a group called the Run of Faith. And we took uh, two um, uh, lighted torches and ran them around in opposite directions around the coast of Australia and a youth on mission were involved in this and a number of other outreach groups. And we ran it right round the perimeter of the country and right round Tasmania as well. And the whole feeling of it was that this was a torch that we were carrying for all the Australian peoples. Many of the people who were involved in that and upon whom the greatest impact seemed to come and the Aboriginal communities through which they ran came uh, under that impact. They were people who were running because they felt that God was helping them to claim off the land as much as the uh, Caucasian people were as well. All of the Australians were running with this one purpose. But I believe that there was quite a a revelation at the beginning of that, that Australia will not be completely touched until Australia completely allows all of its people to be part of the move of God. And that meant with the Aboriginal people – down in the bottom, I think down towards Esperance in, uh, in West Australia, there were towns where the, the uh, team ran through and the torch went through and they had melt- held meetings in a lot of those towns as they went that the pubs shut and uh, a lot of the uh, violence 
died right down. And for quite a while after that, the testimonies and reports were the churches were filling again with not only Aboriginal people, but white Aussies coming back and saying, I've done it wrong. And I believe that there is, is going to be a move of God across Australia. And like this brother has said, he recognizes uh, the fact that the, the, uh, the grace of God has come to this country and has made changes in the lives of many. But the best is yet to come, and I believe it'll be all races joined together in it. Peter from Port Hedland in WA, just great to hear from you today, and uh, what an amazing reflection. And uh, something worth more consideration and to reflect on is this idea that, uh, that the white man is feared. And I wonder whether uh, missionaries around the world and throughout history have been feared because they are carriers of the gospel. But again, what we were talking about a little earlier might shed more light on that, that those who've come in an administrative or a commercial capacity, uh, who've been the ones with the guns, it's not been the missionaries with the guns, uh, but those who've been with the guns and tried to trample over and rule uh, those who they've come to uh, to colonise, uh, they perhaps are guilty in those areas. one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. if you'd like to join our conversation, we'll take some more calls. Anne is in Labrador. Hello, Anne. Welcome along to 2020. Oh, thank you. I'm taking it from a biblical perspective that what Jesus said to go in all the world and preach the good news to everybody. And so it began with the um, disciples when they um, went out and then it also began with Paul and every and Peter and all of those. But the thing is that I think it's good because the day is going to come when the Lord's going to come back and um, we need to know that if... Uh, we need to know about that. They need to know about the gospel and what he's done for them. And so that's why missionaries go out. But there are people who need to probably be trained in that area. Um, If they're going to go to a culture area, they need to be trained in that area. Um, So I think that's what is very important because if they don't, then, you know, um, they need to know that about the Lord Jesus Christ. And who he is. Great thoughts, Anne. Uh, anything from you there, Phil? Yeah, I think that the uh, the sending of people and the going of people is on the increase in very many ways. I'm not sure that short-term mission is really all that valuable. Um, the church I attend also does short-term missionary trips, but they also do overseas mission intern- internships where people can go and serve for a longer time to be involved on the spot. Um, I think that the, the upside of it is that young people, because they're traveling and perhaps they have a gap year at the end of their studies, they're going and they're going to places where missionaries are in operation rather than going to Bali to drink on the beach and get stone drunk when the moon comes up. Uh, but they are coming back with a refreshed understanding of mission. Uh, however, there's a lot of money being spent in that and one wonders whether it couldn't be better uh, donated to other causes. However, that's a moot point. They come back with a heart at least to pray for to be involved in and giving in overseas mission, but also they come back and often get involved in localised mission here in Australia to reaching out to people who've been brought to our country as refugees and are reaching out to them and communicating with them because of what they've seen of the homelands of these people before they came here. There are going to be good benefits there. And uh, as you say, though, and uh, oftentimes we refer to those short-term mission activities as missionary tourism, yeah, true. And uh, and missionary tourism, as you say, will have some good points because it will refresh or ignite a flame of uh, missionary endeavour in the heart of the individual. But 
at the same time, it may actually be trampling over some culture uh, as those uh, undisciplined, uneducated uh, Westerners, uh, as we may be, go to these other lands without any formal idea of understanding the culture that we're going to that it may actually cause some problems. one 316 Thank you so much uh, to and from Labrador for your insights. Uh, let's take a call from Tina in Brisbane. Hello, Tina. Welcome along. Hi. Hi, Tina. What are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I'm from Fiji originally. I just want to share that uh, when I was like seven, eight years old and uh, I was a uh, in, born in a Hindu family and I had some uh, missionaries coming in sharing stories with kids and, and my family, they allowed me to go and I was really touched. Then later on, some more missionaries came to Fiji and they were preaching good news and praying for people. And uh, me and my family went and um, I did a prayer of salvation there. And then I was praying for a church, like like saying, God, if there's a church, like you want me to go and I want to know more about you. And then there's some other missionaries that came and I there was a church near my home and I started going to church. And since then, um, being born in a Hindu family, and just because of missionaries sharing good news, I became a Christian, and it's like another 20 years that I'm serving God now. Praise because God. Of, of missionaries. And if they didn't make a decision to come to Fiji and share good news with us, I don't think so. I would have uh, become a Christian. And later on, my mom, she also gave her life, and she's with the Lord now, just because uh, missionaries, they like they decided uh, they weren't rich or anything. They just decided to come and share the good news in Fiji. Tina, you are a wonderful a testimony there, and what you're saying yes, is... I was driving, and then I was listening about old bad points, and I said, oh, no, <laughs> this is not on. You know, I need to stop somewhere and call. And uh, yes, and, and just because uh, the missionaries that came to Fiji, I just know, like, there's hundreds and hundreds of people. They have had good news. And uh, like I said, I was, like, 15-year-old. I did not know about God. Um, I, I never knew the power of God. I went to this sermon, and I heard about Jesus first time. And I was so touched. And when the, I don't even know the missionary that came and prayed for me first time, but when he laid his hands on me, I just felt the power of God. And I never felt like 15 year old, I'm a young lady. I know about like Hindu gods and all these uh, cultures that we do, that we have to get up five o'clock pray and all these things, don't eat meat certain days. But when I felt the power of God, I knew that this is the Lord, you know, Jesus is the Lord. Uh, an amazing testimony. And what I can hear you saying is if that missionary had not come, if you had not responded, if you had not heard that message of the gospel, if you had not uh, come under this transforming power of the gospel, then you could be locked into uh, all of those oppressive things that come from the other culture that you were under. And, of course, you're talking about Fiji, and you're talking about uh, Hinduism in Fiji. So there's obviously uh, you know, an evangelism in Hinduism, too, that, uh, that locks people into that uh, religious philosophy. But uh, what's your thoughts, uh, Phil, Phil Dunk? Is Tina still there? Yeah, yeah, I'm still here. Yes. Tina, I have a question to ask you. Did you feel that having entered into it, the area of uh, being associated with missionaries, that they were trampling on your particular culture? Uh, y- yes, yes. I mean, uh, they didn't... Um they were nice in a way, like they, they weren't saying, oh, you need to change your culture or anything, but they were there to share good news, to tell us about Jesus and who is he. Like we have no idea, like I had no idea who was Jesus, um, why did he come to the world, I had no idea. Like there's, some, like there's a lot of Christians now, but this is, I'm talking back in 1990s, mm. like th- there, was, there was, I think, probably two churches in my hometown. 
but there's a lot of churches now, but it's just because of the missionaries that they came and they did the good work. They planted churches and they went back and the local people have taken over. Ah, that's that's the secret, Neil. We're talking about uh, discipleship is a good is the best result of missionary activity, which is why, for just to go back to our radio ministry, we're looking at a, affiliation with Youth for Christ because they're very strong not only on on winning souls but very strong on discipleship. And their plan through the Pacific is to do exactly what Tina has shared there. One of the reasons I asked about that is the other day I was reading something, and I'm I'm very at heart involved in the West Papua situation. And I was reading a response to something that was on the media, and they said that there's no point in even turning to the churches. Nations are letting West Papua down, but there's no point in even turning to the churches because they are committing cultural genocide and I thought about that, and that's part of the reason why I was referring before about culture of itself not being good or bad. It's the things that follow on with culture, just as the missionary culture with its its side of good and bad that followed after it, but the culture itself, based on the good news of the gospel, is not something that crushes other cultures, but preaches the word into that culture. When Pentecost happened, the message didn't, didn't, didn't just go out in Hebrew. There were people from all nations who were in Jerusalem. They were people of all cultures, all mixtures. But the gospel went to them in their own language at that time on that day. And that is what the Christian, the whole of the Christian gospel and the whole of the missionary approach is, not to crush culture, but to bring out the people with the refinements of their own culture and to help them to lay aside those things which are... Uh, detrimental to living their life for Christ. Sometimes we talk about a kingdom culture, the kingdom of God. Uh, What happens when you submit yourself to the lordship of Jesus Christ is that you come under his reign, under the kingdom of God. And so there are things in a culture that will be challenged, but it's not about trampling over and conquering. It's not conquering with arms. It's conquering in the heart, and that's where the heart of Christian culture is. Uh, It's found in the heart. Look, Tina from Brisbane, thank you so much. Uh, What a valuable call today. Uh, 1-800-316-316. We may have some time for some more calls. We'll come back and we'll continue our conversation in just a few moments. Phil Dunk is our guest. He's chairman of United Christian Broadcasters for the South Pacific. We're talking about the good and the evil that happens Uh, when missionaries take this good news of the gospel to other nations. Uh, 1-800-316-316. You you can be part of our talkback conversation. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. This is 2020 on Vision Christian Radio. It's Neil with you. Phil Dunk, who is the chairman of the United Christian Broadcasters for South Pacific, is our guest. We're talking about... Christian mission and the idea of good and evil. And we've been talking history. We've been talking modern contexts. Our talkback line is open. In fact, the lines are running hot. We may not get to all of the calls, but Phil, let's take another call. Let's hear from Graham in Tasmania. Hello, Graham. What is what are your thoughts? Graham, we've lost Graham. Let's hear from Chris in Alice Springs in the Northern Territory. Chris. Uh, yes, Neil, how are you? Very well. Chris, what are your thoughts on our discussion today? I think, um, you know, living here, I've been living here for 28 years, and very aware of culture and what it means to 
particularly Aboriginal people here. But um, it's, it's interesting to be living side by side with a totally different worldview. And I think we do need to be a little bit discerning about culture. Culture can be really just a human construct and really there should be only one culture, God's culture. Um, and I've often said that, you know, if you're talking about Chinese culture or Aboriginal culture or missionary culture, you bring the good things from that culture to God's culture and leave the bad things behind. Um, it's about um, living the, the kingdom culture, as you said. Um, also, we consider here that Alice Springs is basically our Jerusalem and the rest of the outback is our Judea. And um, we see a lot of people out in Judea, uh, I'm talking about Aboriginal evangelists, going, you know, spending hundreds of kilometres of uh, fuel, if you like, going on the worst backtracks you can imagine to go and evangelise to communities, as I say, um, hundreds of kilometres away. I know one community that we're sending out evangelists to a um, community a thousand kilometres away. Chris, um, those so guys are heroes of Christian faith and they're unsung heroes because we're not hearing about them until we're hearing from you that these guys are doing such amazing work. Uh, but uh, but tremendous. Uh, just quick thoughts on culture from you, Phil Dunk. Well, I think that uh, you're quite right about what you say about uh, cultures as such and taking the best. One of the difficulties, I think, in, in the past with missionary endeavor is that for some of the missionaries, especially coming from um, Anglo-Saxon background, they tend to feel somewhat superior in some ways when they arrive, especially the administrators and the people who follow up on the initial preaching of the gospel. And they tend to think of people, because they haven't been to school as we know it, to be ignorant and uh, just, well, dumb. And yet there is tremendous power in the uh, in the heathen aspect of their cultural beliefs. For instance, when when the revival came to the Solomon Islands and it all it first happened in one place in 1968 on the island of Malaita, when the Spirit of God came on a congregation of uh, four or five different tribal groups who'd met to, together to hear a visiting Maori evangelist preach, and while they were there, the Spirit of God came down in real power. About a day after, Two elderly men walked out of the bush. They'd walked like all day and all night to get there. They said, and they're from a totally heathen area, they said, we saw the great light out of heaven come. We saw it come down here. We want to know what it is because our, out of our darkness, we're seeking that light. And there is a concept of darkness and light, but they realize that they're entrapped in it. And they need to be set free. And as our brother just said, we need to take the best of the culture, and add Christianity to it and build the kingdom. Those people were set free from the dark side of their culture and they were brought into the light of the kingdom and now are all part of, of uh, the move of God in the Solomon Islands. So I think that we, we judge wrongly when we look at uh, a dark uh, heathen culture and just write it off and say, I'm just ignorant savages. That's not. Their heart is to be set free. Many of those are, are just living constantly in fear. And Jesus said we go into the world to preach the gospel. We go to our Jerusalem, which is our city or even our backyard. 
We go to our Judea, which uh, is, in this case, the outback. We go to the outermost parts of the earth, but we go without reserve to take the good news. Well, thank you so much to Chris from Alice Springs for your input, and thanks to everyone who's made input through the hour. And I won't be able to take any more calls. Thanks to those who are holding on, but uh, we won't be able to take any more calls. We're going to focus on the family in just a few moments. But, uh, Phil Dunk, just tremendous getting your insights today. And I can can tell that we're going to be setting a diary date for another (laughs) conversation very similar to this because... uh, You've got so much to contribute. Uh, The work that's going on there in those South Pacific islands, just amazing. Uh, You are chairman of United Christian Broadcasters for the South Pacific, and there's work that's happening in Vanuatu, in Fiji, in the Solomon Islands. uh, Cook Islands. The Cook Islands, uh, Samoa, Samoa, uh, Papua New Guinea, and this is all coming under your influence. And I just want to honour you because you've been putting a – your best foot forward now for a number of years and doing some wonderful things. The doors have been opening. There's going to be real fruit from your work. Thank you. Uh, Phil Dunk, thanks so much for being with us today on 2020. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.